Welcome to the uh, Wisconsin edition of the newly named Yet Another Michigan Football Podcast. Um, you know, I, I think the uh, the the Stouse cast uh, cover art will be kind of like a collector's edition type thing, uh, probably down the road. <laughs> yeah, once we once we uh, finish infiltrating Mbo Blog from the inside and uh, usurp Brian's power, uh, that those will be a real hot item. Screenshots of that Nick Stauskas <laughs> cover art. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good. We're like the under under the uh, Stouse cast regime of Mbo Blog. The UFRs are just going to be like, uh, damn, that play sucked, or oh, that play rocked. Like, it's, we'll just grade the entire <laughs> offense. There's going to be no detail in it. <laughs> no more, no more narratives. No more like tangential cold opens about novels that are being read. Uh... Yeah, no, it's it's going to be very straightforward and, and uh, much dumber. Um, yeah, was, I was trying to avoid like a a Chapo Trap House situation where they named the podcast something stupid early and then could never change it because it got popular. <laughs> so anyway um but so i think you know this for this uh for this week i mean you know it's tough to preview wisconsin because um as as you know we're finding out uh, more and more uh players seem to be out with covid for wisconsin and we don't you know all we know is that it's in the double digits we have no idea um how many there there really are um so I think what we're going to do is we're going to, you know, we're going to spend some time previewing Wisconsin, but first I think we're going to talk about, you know, some of the reasons that, you know, we feel that this coaching staff needs to go or there needs to be some kind of regime change. Um, so uh, without further ado, Connor, I will, I will let you launch into a little bit of the uh, feelings ball takes of, of, of why, you know, where we were before the season on Harbaugh and why that's changed so drastically. The short answer is just that Harbaugh brought a high floor, and it was in fact a higher floor um, than all but a very few teams can claim. I mean, really the only teams that have had a more consistent floor than Michigan under Harbaugh are the teams that are perennially in CFP contention. Um, And I mean that truly. Like, even Wisconsin's a great example, because they're a very good program that has played Michigan 500 uh, under Harbaugh. And they're always seemingly in the Big Ten title game, except for the years they lose to Northwestern, which is <laughs> which is the whole point here. Um, they're a good team that has often a lower floor than Michigan has had under Harbaugh. They go seven and five a lot, and they, and the the key thing was always that other teams could go seven and five and kind of get away with it in a way that Michigan couldn't, because the blessing and the curse of Michigan is that no matter what you do, no matter how bad you get, you have tremendous national media attention, and national analysts always are kind of forced at gunpoint to have takes about Michigan football, often quite badly and, and uninformed. But, you know, we all know the narrative. Harbaugh had been quite good, not and yet and yet not nearly good enough to satisfy what we wanted and to beat Ohio State. Um, it's clear that the floor has fallen out at this point, and that's not just a COVID thing because Michigan hasn't, you know, you know, knock on wood, but, like, they haven't had guys out for COVID, really, at all, during the season, at least, uh, that we know of. And... They, it's also not just that they've had some flukish games or something. I mean, the, the loss to Michigan State is like one of the worst Michigan losses in my lifetime. Um, truly, I'm 30 years old. It's one of the worst I've seen because there's just no excuse for it given where Michigan State is as a program and where Michigan should be. Um, 
And the, it's also not COVID because you can see very clearly how neither the offense nor the defense are working and have been organized and planned and designed in ways that make sense in modern college football. And it's to the point where a team like Indiana, which has far less talent, has zoomed past Michigan tactically and made us look stupid. And I don't know how Harbaugh fixes that. Yeah, and I think, you know, like, I agree with everything you said. Um, and I think, you know, part of the reason we were, you know, remaining optimistic on the Harbaugh, you know, tenure, I think it's two things. It's one, like, that high floor you talked about, right? So there really was a level of, like, look, Harbaugh really doesn't get upset. And he he does a good job of, like, beating the worst teams in the schedule. And that's going to keep you at a level where, you know, you're, you're winning a ton of games and you're in a, in a position to compete for the Big Ten most years. Um, and, you know, obviously that has not been the case this year. Um, but then it was also kind of the fact that, like, you sort of believed in something with, like, the, the direction this coaching staff was moving. You believed in, like, okay, well, they had some recruiting issues early on. Um, but it really looks like they've kind of ironed a lot of that out and they've figured some things out. Um, you had like, okay, well, the offense was bad, but that was because Harbaugh was trying to like run his man ball system and it wasn't quite working. And, you know, they brought in Gaddis and he's going to be your, you know, your modern, uh, you know, RPO, et cetera, et cetera, um, you know, type guy. And, and, and maybe Don Brown has figured out that he needs to run more zone and, and whatever. And, I think that we really felt that way after the Minnesota game. I, I thought that was the best possible, you know, the, the best everything could possibly look. Um, and, you know, since then we found out that Minnesota's defense is horrendous. Um, and we found out that, you know, Don Brown seemingly did not, you know, like spend any of the offseason evaluating his cornerbacks. Um, and we found, and we've realized that, feels like Josh Gaddis is like, you know, completely off and on with, with his game plans or Harbaugh's meddling or something because uh, there's just not consistently good game plans from this staff. Um, and, and and that's been the case really like the entire time Harbaugh's been here. And I just don't see, I don't see Michigan getting to that next level. Uh, like I, I don't, I just don't know what we're waiting for, I guess. Yeah, I broadly agree. Um, it, yeah, the, the game planning stuff is fascinating to me. I, I think Brown is a clear case of a guy who has been passed by by the game, which is sad, but, you know, he's getting to what would be a normal retirement age for an ordinary person. It, that just makes sense. Um, coaching is incredibly competitive, and once you lose a little bit of your edge, you, in some sense, have lost all of it because people will catch up to you very fast. Um the offensive stuff is fascinating because I've seen Gaddis call good games. I've seen it with my own eyes. I mean, again, Minnesota has a horrific defense, but like everything was perfect from a game planning and play calling sense in that game, right? Yes, it's a bad defense, but like Michigan did every single thing we wanted them to do. And they threw out a lot of it for the next two games, which they lost. It's and been, we just was, don't know why. Wild. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been insane. I mean, it's like, look... This offensive line is not as good as it looked against Minnesota. Like, there are things that legitimately, like, Minnesota look made look a lot better. But the quarterback run was huge in that Minnesota game. We didn't see almost any of it against Michigan State. And then again, we saw none of it against Indiana. Uh, it just, like, it is truly, truly baffling. 
Yeah, I, you know, Brian pointed this out in the UFR. He says he said I, you, you can't imagine how sick I am of pointing out things that don't make sense in Michigan offenses. None of us get it because it's not like Gaddis. Like Gaddis knows better. That's the thing. Gaddis is not some like old guy sitting on his laurels from two thousand and two or something. Like, I mean, he's been at some of the most cutting edge. Uh, you know, fun to watch, innovative, and just downright good offenses in recent years. Like we're talking about like just a couple of years ago. And I I don't, I just don't, what are they doing? In, like there's just, we're at a point, maybe, maybe the best way just to sum up the problem here is we're at a point where it just feels like this kind of unfathomable mystery what Michigan is doing in practice and what they're doing in coaches meetings. It's like, what are you guys seeing and talking about? Because as, you know, as amateurs, we're pointing out stuff that is incredibly obvious and not just obvious in a like, you know, play harder sense, but obvious in a like, we saw this work before empirically we have data about this and you guys aren't doing it. And I just, I don't know, man. Yeah. I mean, and you know, it, it's kind of like, it's kind of like you're playing Madden, right? And like, look, play calling is not like it is in Madden. I'm not, it's not like what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to say like I could do a better job as a coach, but like, you know, you, you, you see a cornerback blitz like you like you saw all day against Indiana, and there are, like, a, a handful of things that you can do to punish that. Like, namely, you know, you throw to you throw uh, short routes to the receiver that he vacated, and you let your, you know, your speedy slots or whoever work against uh, the safety that has to roll down to cover. And, like, they just don't do those little things. It feels like Michigan doesn't do those things do do things to punish what defenses are doing enough um and it, it feels and it's like look it's not as easy as like oh hey like call this play right like you can't you can't just draw something up in the sand and then go run it out um and, and be ready to go on on the field but you what you do is in practice you install that and you have it be a hot read so that your team is ready for it when they see it on the field and it just feels like it's like some games they're totally ready for and some games, they just look. They have looks like they have not watched the you know uh, the opposing defense's film. It's crazy to me. Um, you know, so that's a little bit in depth on Gaddis, but I think it speaks to a larger program issue. And I just like I, I'm I'm sick of waiting for the perfect team. You know, it's like there's always like one or two flaws with the team that seemingly sink the season every year. Um, you know, like that 2016 defense is not walking through the door. Uh, and I'm, I'm sick of waiting for the perfect team and I'm sick of like waiting for this coaching staff to figure it out. Like everyone, everyone watching a game can see what's wrong with this team besides seemingly the guys that are in charge of running it. I mean, we said we've hard on Gattis enough, but like, I, I really think that in a Minnesota game, it almost feels like they're like body switches for the coaches and the players, right? Because in that Minnesota game, and again, Minnesota's not good. They did just win big against Illinois, who is the actual worst team in the Big Ten, it looks like. Um, they're really – which is impressive, by the way. that we, we You talked about that, but it, it's it's a tough competition for that worst spot. <laughs> yeah, and Illinois, I mean, they're just abject, right? But, like, every I think that in the Minnesota game, if you were to go through every play again, every offensive play that Michigan ran, there's enough in there to put up a good showing – if you execute it well against any college defense now, because Michigan showed, you know, they showed the screen game. They showed, you know, sort of a short intermediate passing game over the top. They ran the ball well. And again, like, you know, we've seen them struggle against better defensive lines to actually like identify blocks and identify various things that are happening. Um, 
So maybe the offensive line is kind of a mirage, but it's just like, you know, I, I don't, um, I, I, I'll put it this way. I would read like a very long article, like 5,000 words about what, how Michigan puts together its game plans, because it's like, you are actively sabotaging yourself and it almost starts to look like you're shaving points or something. Um, and I just don't, I don't know how to conceptualize it for myself because the offense we saw in the Minnesota game, I firmly believe that could translate to every other opponent Michigan faces with varying degrees of success depending on how good the defense is, but still. Yeah, I agree. And it's, it's, it's like, look, is Michigan's offensive line as good as it was last year? No, but like they're, there are teams with worse offensive lines than Michigan. Like this is like every team Michigan has played so far has had like some level of dumpster fire offensive line. And Michigan State, like, you know, Michigan State's coaches don't look great either, but Michigan State's coaches realize, like, uh, we're going to have to get the ball out really quick. So, like, our game plan is going to be, like, you know, just downfield shots. Like, we know we can take advantage of these corners. And Indiana's game plan was, you know, we're going to we're gonna run the ball minimally and, like, we're going to uh, abuse Michigan's zone defense and, you know, make them go. Like, it's, I, I don't know, we, 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 we're, we're a broken record at this point. But, like, Michigan's flaws are not worse than, like, you know, if you want to say, like, oh, Ohio State can really take advantage of, like, you know, Michigan's flaws. Like, that's one thing, right? Ohio State's, like, a semi-professional team at this point. But, like, Indiana, like, Indiana should have enough flaws that, like, we can take advantage of some of those and, like, make it look easy. It just, it feels like everything is so hard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, like, there's no, Indiana is good this year and they deserve respect and they deserve to win that game. It wasn't, this is a, it, that is not a catastrophe in the way that losing to Michigan State is. But you know, there's there's no their their offensive line is nowhere near as talented as Michigan's. Um, they were used correctly within the offensive game plan, however, and that was the key to uh, you know them wildly outperforming Michigan. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I will say we're a broken record, but I will say like we we haven't talked about the cornerbacks that much. That was the broken record last time. So yeah, <laughs> there's some <exactly>. variance. <laughs> so we are talking about new things. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I think at the end of the day, to just sort of wrap this segment up, it's. It's, it's not about, like, hey, what has Harbaugh done to get fired? Like, I don't think that – I don't think that, that the game against Michigan State, as horrendous as it was and as, like, almost program-altering as it was, is enough to get him fired in, in a vacuum. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that, like, I, like, from what we've seen so far, we have seen the ceiling, and now we're not even getting the floor. So, like, what exactly are we waiting for? You know, um, yeah. that's that's my ultimate my ultimate thesis. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think something that will make me very sad is if we have a coaching transition and we lose a lot of our good recruits um, because I've read about those guys all summer and I love a lot of those dudes as players. <laughs> um, you know, you hope you keep some of them, but certainly you would lose some at least uh, if you had a coaching transition. But yep. that's life, I suppose. That is life. Um so moving on a little bit to the Wisconsin preview, um, as as much as we can do that at all, um, you know Wisconsin, you know as as ever, I'm sure everyone listening to this knows, has only played one game this year against Illinois, who is I mean just horrendous, uh, like just the the worst team in a bad Big Ten, as as we've already said. Um, and uh, they looked very, very good against them. Uh, they completely dominated, as you would expect them to. Um, and, uh, you know, coming to the season, the story on Wisconsin was probably that they're they're probably, again, the best team in the West. Um, 
you know, that uh, they they had Jack Cohn coming back uh, as a quarterback who was very efficient last year. Um, you know, he gets hurt in the preseason. It's now Graham Mertz, who looked, again, you know, very good. I think went 20 of 21 um, against Illinois. Um, you know, former, you know, uh, close to five-star. Um, their offensive line is going to be good again. It, they, they ran the ball not as well as you'd expect against uh, Illinois. But, I mean, certainly it's they, they have at least three starters that we know are, like, you know, close to uh, all Big Ten level. Um, and then, they, you know, they pr- play that same uh, tough defense, um, you know, with, with, with not a lot of standout guys, but just really solid secondary play um, and, and a lot of run-stuffing uh, defensive linemen. Um, you know, a little bit light on the skill positions. Nakia Watson has not been great, um, and their, their wide receivers are not quite explosive. Uh, does that matter against Michigan? Probably not. Um, so, I mean, overall, like, I would say that this, this is the Wisconsin that you remember. Um, this is the same Wisconsin that, you know, we've seen more years than not. Um, and I think it's, uh, uh, you know, the, the only, the only other thing that we have to say is that, um, apparently there are, you know, double digit people, um, double digit players that are going to be missing from this game. So, I mean, truly who knows what to expect. Yeah. I, I don't know what we're going to see on the field. Um, we don't know yet if, if Mertz is going to play. Uh, I think he's cleared to play technically, um, through COVID protocol, but he hasn't practiced and he's a true sophomore. So. Will they throw him out there? I mean, I probably would, but like, who knows? Uh, and then who knows who else is out? So, I, I will I will disagree a little bit though, which is that like, based on the Illinois Illinois game, what we've seen from them, um, you know, post Jonathan Taylor, post Quintez Cephas, they're an interesting spot because they do have the continuity of the offensive line. I agree, and the defense overall looks like a Wisconsin defense again. But this is Wisconsin with a potentially much better quarterback than we've seen in a long time. If Mertz keeps playing like close to the level he was at against Illinois, um, and then also Wisconsin that doesn't have seemingly almost any running back talent to speak of, and you know they have their usual receivers, which is you know my, my, non non Cephas edition, meaning you know not good. Um, I, I I feel like we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves about what to expect from them because like you already mentioned the roster uncertainty, which is a huge huge problem here. But also, like, yeah, I mean, it looked great against Illinois, which is, you know, in fact, less of a thing, less, like, useful than Michigan looking good against Minnesota, because Minnesota is better than Illinois. So, um, I, you know, I am not predicting Wisconsin, assuming that most of their key players are on the field, to be bad. I also think it's going to be kind of wild to see what gets thrown out there, given that there is some change, some significant change from last year and what they were doing, much more pass-heavy and stuff. And then these guys haven't been together as a team this whole time, and they still want to play. And I'm kind of surprised they want to play Michigan. They could, they could probably get out of it if they wanted to. <laughs> but um, Well, the, the, the problem is that they have to if they want to be eligible for the championship game. I think that's the only reason they're playing this game. Um, because they if there's a five-game or a six-game minimum you have to play. So they've already canceled two games. If they canceled this game, they couldn't play in the championship game. Which um, I mean, great job, Big Ten, to somehow incentivize <laughs> your 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 teams to like fight through uh, you know COVID to potentially you know endanger the entire season. I mean, you know, this season's a total joke, um, and we we knew that from the start. Um, but you know, so uh, like I guess the only thing we can really do is preview this as you know, expecting that like just assuming that everyone's gonna play, and then we'll kind of just talk about like 
what happens if, like, a certain position group gets completely obliterated. Um, so, I mean, from a quarterback perspective, uh, you know, Graham Mertz, like I said, former um, almost five-star, uh, and uh, was, was 20 for 21 against Illinois. Um, Illinois was basically running a seven-on-seven drill out there. They are awful, especially in pass defense. But I will say that Graham Mertz was putting the ball, like, just exactly where he had to. You know, it's like, it's like almost like Graham, what Graham Mertz did would have been impressive if it was just on air, sort of. You know, like, he just was putting everything in the right spot. So I think Graham Mertz is potentially very good, especially, you know, with the, with the protection that he usually gets. Um... So, you know, I think, I think, I think Graham Mertz is very good. Sorry, I just repeated myself. Um, but if, if he goes out, you, there's basically no telling what you get there. I mean, we've been joking about Danny Vandenboom for like almost a month now, who is, um, cause their, their backup QB also had COVID at the same time and he might be back. I, I forget his name. Who cares? Uh, then the third stringer is Danny Vandenboom, who's a walk-on who apparently did not get COVID that we know of. Um, it could be any of those three guys. It could be the uh, the fourth stringer who's apparently like a six eight two hundred pound beanpole. I, I this is the thing we just don't know. I mean, I'm I'm assuming it's Mertz, um, and I I agree that he's good. Uh, n- no argument there. He looked phenomenal in that game, and I I think that means something regardless of the opponent. Uh, you know, could be the best Wisconsin quarterback uh, since Wilson potentially. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's I think he definitely could be. Um. And we should we should say Jack Cohn was very good last year, um, but I think Graham Mertz is kind of that next level of like a, a NFL passer. I, I mean, um, Jack Cohn was good in the Wisconsin sense where he goes like twelve of fifteen, per, you know, in passing right. attempts. Yeah. Like, <laughs> hey, look, Michigan would have killed for that last year. That's all I'm saying. Uh, sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, but Mich- yeah, you're right. Um, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll say that the other thing is like if if Graham Mertz comes out there, like there's also no guarantee that he'll be like. It's going to be I, – I don't know exactly how the Big Ten protocols work, but, like, from the positive test, they have to be out 21 days. So you're talking about – you know, basically three weeks ago, uh, he, he tested positive. So I'm pretty sure that, like, if he plays, it will have – like, he will only have been able to join the team, like, the day before. So he could be, like, going over playbooks or whatever – but he'll, he will have, like, not thrown to his receivers um, in a very long time. So even if Graham Mertz plays, there is just no – there's no telling, like, how rusty he comes out. Yeah, I, I think that's the that's the real wild card in all of this. There's there's a chance that Wisconsin looks like a trash fire in this game. Um, I'm not counting on it as a Michigan fan, but it could happen. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Um, there's there's – there's I mean, there's just so much variance here. Um but you know, if Graham Mertz comes out and uh, and looks like he did against um, Illinois, you know, just very comfortable, uh, you know, extremely accurate, um, that's probably going to be enough to completely torch Michigan's secondary. To be clear, yeah, I, <laughs> I agree with that too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so moving on to the offensive line, um, I, I'm not even really going to go in depth here uh, because this is just this is the off- the Wisconsin offensive line that you know. You, you remember um, that everyone remembers. Um, it's, it's very, very good, um, really, from, from left to right. Um, and, uh, you know, I think a common misconception is that Wisconsin just takes these underrated guys and turns them into NFL, you know, um, offensive linemen. It's not really true. Wisconsin rec- recruits the o- offensive line at, like, an elite level. 
Like, there are a lot of top 100 prospects here, um, as they should recruit, you know, at the lead level, given all their, you know, NFL production. Um, but, like, that's, that's just kind of, like, give you an idea of, like, there is talent and there's also coaching here. Um, so uh, I think the only, you know, if this, Wisconsin, if this Wisconsin offensive line is healthy, they're probably going to move this uh, Michigan defensive line um, that is going to be down Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, because, you know, I think Taylor Upshaw and Luigi Villain were both uh, pretty good in relief. But, you know, they, this is going to be a tough, um, <laughs> a tough like, come up from, uh, from Indiana's tackles last week. Yeah, I mean, Hutchinson and Pay are both among the best, like, run-stuffing defensive ends in the country. Um, the other guys Michigan has to fill in for Hutchinson are more, like, weak-side defensive end pass rusher guys. So that's a problem. And, of course, you know, the defensive tackles – I mean, my hot take about Michigan's defensive tackles is they're, they're still not great. I think that they're not really the problem right now. I think the problem in the defense is really just the secondary more than anything. Um but, you know, they're going to get moved by Wisconsin because Wisconsin moves almost everyone. Um, and then it just becomes a matter of how good the running backs are, which is what you're getting into next. Yeah. So, uh, and that's, that, that, so you know, all that said, um, Wisconsin only ran for uh, 3.4 yards per carry. Um, I, that's not sack adjusted, but adjusting the sacks doesn't make it that much more impressive. Um Against Illinois, which has, you know, a very bad uh, defensive front. So, um, and I think, like, I, I watched this game, and, you know, there's only so much you can take away from it. But I really felt that, like, there were a lot of line yards to be had, and uh, Nikhil Watson just did not make the most of them. Um, they also have Garrett Groshek, who is, you know, kind of more of your, like, um, receiving uh, back. Uh, and he actually had 5.4 yards per carry. So he's by far their best back. But Nikia Watson got the most touches, and he went for 3.3 yards per carry behind what I thought was a pretty good offensive line performance. So um, I think really the limiting factor for this Wisconsin ground game is going to be, uh, you know, the, they're, like, they don't have a guy like Jonathan Taylor who would get what the offensive line blocked and then make like a linebacker and a safety miss and go for 80 yards. Right. I do think, like, coming down from Jonathan Taylor is a huge step down. I love Jonathan Taylor as a player. Um, that dude was sick as, like, just an old-school running back. Um, bell cow guy. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, this is a matchup that I think favors Michigan because for all the problems Michigan has on defense, um, you know, they've got good linebackers still. And I, these Wisconsin running backs have shown pretty much nothing. So, you know. I mean, I'm a little bit optimistic, actually, about Michigan in the run game, and I might have to eat those words when, when Wisconsin is getting six yards whenever they want, but <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think my I think my issue is that Michigan's defensive line has, or Michigan's, like, run defense has not really been great, and, you know, how much of that has been, uh, like, the secondary and, like, the fact that, you know, the linebackers feel, probably feel the need to, like, get their drops more. Um, you know, more quickly given, you know, all the problems in the secondary. Who knows? Um, but, you know, Minnesota did run the ball very well on these guys. Um, and then, like, you know, Michigan State ran, you did not run the ball well. Um, but they they ran the ball. Michigan State, you know, sucks. And they, they ran the ball better on Michigan than they did against Rutgers. Um, and uh, Indiana ran the ball relatively effectively against Michigan's defensive line. 
Um, I don't know. It's hard to project out anything with Wisconsin. Um, but I will say that, like, I think that Wisconsin will get three yards whenever they want against Michigan's defensive line. The question is just, will they get, um, will they get six yards whenever they want? I think that's really the, the what what makes or breaks Michigan's defense in this game. Um, so, and then moving on to their, you know, skill possessions here, um, tight end, uh, they've got Jake Ferguson, who's, you know, really great, really great tight end, um, you know, sure hands, etc. Uh, and then some, you know, pretty, pretty unimpressive wide receivers. Um, but you know, we saw some pretty unimpressive wide receivers, uh, with Michigan state and, uh, they, <laughs> they pretty much got whatever they wanted. Ricky White sucks. He sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and Michigan made him look like Jerry Judy. Like, I mean, he's not good. He was one of eight on, on targeted passes to him against, um, uh, which we'll call it, uh, who are they playing? Uh, Iowa. Yeah. Okay. And not a very good Iowa team. Um, <laughs> like I, yeah. So, I mean, look, I, I would love to rag on these receivers, but you're totally right. My hope is that Michigan is at least a functional enough program to like try to do a little something about the whole, you know, flyer out situation. <laughs> But I, you know, I mean, it, it, nothing is too extreme to project about, you know, fears for the secondary here. So who knows, man? I mean, I, I will say like, I don't want to gas up Wisconsin skill guys too much because they're not that good, but um, you know, who can say? Right. I mean, and it's just, gosh, it's so frustrating right now because I feel like Michigan has like two and a half good players in their secondary. Like, you know, I think I think uh, Brad Hawkins is very solid. Dax Hill is like all American level. Um, Jemon Green feels like he's like an up and comer. Like I actually feel pretty good about him. Um, but then Vincent Gray is like unplayable. Uh, I don't know how the coaches continue to say he's their number one corner. He's clearly very bad. Um, but like somehow that's completely sinking this entire defense, which is so. I don't know. It just feels like they should be. I, we've gone over this a million times, but good coaches should be able to make up for one problem spot. Yeah. And I just don't understand how that's that's sinking this defense. But it is, and and we see, you know, like this team is not good enough at, at zone to play zone consistently. Uh, they they are constantly busting things. This is a man team that can't play man, and um, you know, Wisconsin's wide receivers can run in a straight line, and uh, that's that's pretty much all all it takes right now. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 you know, part of me hopes, and I know that I'm not supposed to hope this now that we're trying to tank, but like, part of me hopes that like, there, that there is, you know, some some way to turn around from like how far they've fallen. Just because you're right, like, you don't, your defense does not have to fall apart in college football because you have one bad player out there. Like, that's something that a lot of teams find ways to cover up, often more than one, you know, bad player. Um, I, you know, the, the big plea, I guess, is either somehow Vincent Gray is less disastrous or they put someone else out there. I would like to see Selden even as a boundary corner because, you know, I know he can run. He's got all the athletic traits. But he's just short um, and he's a true freshman. But like, I'm going to say what I said in the ace pod. What's the worst he's going to do? Get burned? <laughs> right. Uh, quote from man burned. Um, <laughs> but... uh <laughs> Yeah, no, I, and I agree. And, and we should say, like, you know, Vincent Gray had a better game, I think, uh, the other day than um, than he did against Michigan State, which, you know, low. He would almost have to, right? <laughs> yeah, almost. Yes. 
Um, but like, yeah, it's just it. it that, that's the frustrating part. It's like we've seen teams, you know, that Michigan plays that have like you know multiple science circles against you know, and it's like it feels like Michigan still will like labor to move the ball against those teams. And meanwhile, it's like Michigan like has their first bad starter like ever under Don Brown, and it sinks the defense. Um, so you know, I, I'm not optimistic for this matchup, but uh, you know, again, like we have no idea what we're getting from Graham Mertz. We have no idea who might be out. I mean, if there's a couple guys out on this offensive line, that would be really the the biggest like thing you could that could happen because. All of a sudden, if you have like one or two starters out on the offensive line um, and they can't really move the ball on the ground anymore, then this offense just becomes like, hey, what can Graham, what can like a Graham Mertz that has just practiced one day, um, you know, create on his own? Um, so, you know, and that'll probably still be a, a significant amount because uh, Michigan struggled so much. But at the same time, like, you know, that's, you, you're, there's one clear positive position group on this offense, um, you know, quarterback and offensive line. And uh, if the offensive line takes a couple, you know, COVID, um, COVID, uh, you know, uh, do not play, um, then all of a sudden this becomes a, a pretty subpar offense. Yeah. And I, and I think like the thing that Michigan fans don't want to hear, because it sounds like an excuse for Harbaugh, but it's still true. This is still like, you know, the weirdest year in college, modern college football history. Um and it's not it's not entirely impossible that Michigan starts to look a little bit better here um, after two you know very frustrating games. Uh, you know I know people are sick of hearing that because that's the kind of optimism that we've heard for six years now. But um, it's been such an extreme situation, especially with Gray and it's, and just like the way that game planning has been working. It's like well, you know Michigan pl- could play a bit better in this game actually, and I don't <laughs> think that's a hot that's a hot take. It's it's more just like pointing at the, the realm of college football and saying, like, we just don't know what we're going to see every week. Um, you know, down to the point now where a lot of games are just being canceled. So, <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah. Um, I probably sound like a moron right now, but, like, I'll, I'll eat crow. <laughs> if, if Michigan gets beaten 52 to nothing in this game or whatever, like, yeah, sure, you can call me a moron. But uh, I, I think that's possible. I also think Michigan could could actually look like a functional team. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Um, so, moving on to the other side of the ball here um, – this is, you know, again, this is also the Wisconsin defense that you remember. Um, you know, we, we, we didn't see much of again, you know, uh, of them against uh, Illinois. Um, really, the, the main thing that they did was, uh, you know, Illinois had some moderate success running the ball. I think their running backs went uh, for like 4.5 yards per carry. Um, then as a team, they ended up going for 5.2 yards per carry, largely because um, Brandon Peters, uh, you know, uh, blast from the past, uh, had uh, 10, 10 yards per carry on quarterback keepers. Um, so, you know, uh, just that, that is that that is just such deep irony that Brandon Peters is having success running the ball against this Wisconsin uh, defense when Michigan cert- almost certainly will not uh, run the quarterback all game. <laughs> uh, what a what a dark what a dark place to be. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean. It seems like, you know, Illinois has a pretty good offensive line, though. So I'm not even going to say, like, oh, this, like, Wisconsin front is malleable. Like, we know what this Wisconsin front is. Like, it's if these guys don't give you up, at like, they don't bust anything. They're always in the right gap. They're always eating double teams and not letting you move them off the ball. Like, it's just, it's just, this running game is going to be a slog. 
Um, there's just almost, unless Michigan starts breaking out the, uh, you know, the fun tricks that um, they had against Minnesota, or, you know, they, they decide to run the good plays again. <laughs> uh, for, some, for some reason, they, they have not been run. Like, I, I feel like, I feel like a lot of teams, a lot of, like, bloggers, a lot of fans will say, like, oh, like, the play calling was so bad. And, like, play calling is kind of, like, a coverall term for, like, hey, maybe our team just sucks and, like, they just looked better against, you know, Western Michigan than they did against, um, you know, Ohio State. But, like, uh, for Michigan, I really do feel like the play calling is, has, like, been the biggest problem with the offense. You know, it's, it's not a perfect offense, but they – I mean, look, we've talked about this already, so whatever. But it, it just – like, I do think, like, running the good plays could be a key to the game here. <laughs> no, you're totally right. I mean, we just had the UFR from Brian, where he basically said as much. Like, yeah, there were problems with the offensive line. There weren't really problems with skill guys, um, other than, you know, drops from Eric All. And then Milton made a few mistakes, yes, that were costly. But also, like, he looks like a stud in a lot of other respects. And it's just, they didn't call, they didn't call the good plays. They didn't run Milton early to set up other stuff. Um, they kept trying to go, and by the way, I think this is the key thing to point out. Like Michigan has had, other than against Minnesota, whose defense is wretched, um, you know, other than that Matador Cape front that Minnesota has, like Michigan cannot go up the gut, like pretty much period on anybody seemingly. And I, you know, I don't know enough about football to know exactly why that is, but like, it just seems to have been taken out of the playbook by opponents the last two weeks. Um, and yet Michigan, of course, insists on doing it. And I, I don't know if that's a hardball thing or a Warner thing or a Gaddis thing or, like, they're all sitting there in, like, a, you know, stupor on some substances uh, thing or I don't know. But, like, it's just – I guess what I'm saying is, like, I, I don't – I would not attack – you know, I wouldn't try to attack this Wisconsin line head on. I think the running game you have is going to be QB runs that give you an advantage of numbers uh, and then trying to get to the edge, which, again, I know you can't go to the edge every time, but, like – when you have AJ Henning and Blake Corum on your team, you can get there a lot, actually, it turns out. So that's, I guess, that's the good plays to me. Yeah, I mean, and this this is a team where, like, you, like, that. this is where you should be going. Like, you have to go to the edge on this team. Because they're, they're just, like, they're not going to get moved off the ball in double teams. Like, their linebackers are not going to be in the wrong gap. Like, you have to use your athleticism um, in space against uh you know and get these linebackers running from sideline to sideline or else it's just it's gonna be like 1.2 yards per carry again um and so you know um so uh, all that said i mean just breaking it down a little bit getting a little bit more specific um i think the biggest standout player on this front is uh keanu benton their nose tackle um who is you know was very good as a, as a freshman and and you know projects to be um even better as a true sophomore fabled wisconsin um, guy as we called him on the ace pod yeah yeah a couple weeks ago we said uh wisconsin guy um uh so uh, their defensive quote-unquote defensive ends who are really more like you know um five techs uh defensive tackles in this three four scheme um you know two guys louder milk and uh rand um both both you know i would say just like very solid like just just do your job type guys um and then you know you had you had a couple of question marks from like the the pass rushing linebacker spots, um, which are, are probably just more or less still unanswered. Um, so you know we'll, we'll see what they can do against Michigan. Um, quite frankly, I you know I, I think that especially if Hayes and Mayfield are still out, with it, it seems like Mayfield's definitely out. Who knows about Hayes? Um, you know they're they're probably gonna 
they're probably going to eat against this offensive line to a certain extent. Um, you know, that, that, that kind of did struggle with a, an underwhelming Indiana front. Um, and then you've got, you know, your classic inside linebackers for Wisconsin and really your classic cornerbacks and safeties too. Like just guys that are fast enough and that just know the scheme and are, you know, not going to bust things long. I, I just wanted to say like, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting to think about like what pass you know, sort of pass pressure is going to look like in this situation with new offensive linemen. I feel like the jury is still out on so many things about block, about blocking for Michigan because Mason has been in and out of the scheme. Um, obviously, had, they've had some injuries. And also, like, as was noted, uh, a lot of the Indiana pressure came from their secondary, which Michigan then failed to attack. Um, I, I agree with you broadly, though. Like, I think Wisconsin will definitely get, you know, fairly easy pressure without having to, to, to work too hard for it. But it's another thing where it's like... <laughs> Maybe we should simply run the good plays, but but keep going. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I agree. They should definitely run the good plays. Um, I, that's that's the biggest. They should run the plays that work and not run the ones that don't. Um, so I mean, you know, like you start to think about it, and it's like if Michigan can't get easy stuff on the edge or just refuses to. Um, I, I mean, you oh God, we said this last week, but like you have to imagine that they're not going to try to just run the ball up the gut against this team. Um, like, they have to know that that's going to be unsuccessful unless they bring the quarterback run into it. Um, I don't know how they could possibly overlook this team and think that for some reason they don't have to run the quarterback. But that said, I said that about Indiana, who, you know, they, they clearly did did not, they you know, they, I don't know, they, they, they must have respected Indiana, and they just did not bring the quarterback run game into it at all. So, I mean, God knows what's going on right now. I mean, like, if it's about keeping Milton healthy for Ohio State, like, which is, you know, Brian's um, kind of take that, that, like, they're always trying to keep the quarterback healthy, um, I mean, that bet has to be off, guys. Like, <laughs> this team is not beating Ohio State. Like, let's let's try to get some wins in the meantime. I mean, you know, that said, I kind of – I mean, we'll talk about this later, but I, I don't necessarily think a win would be the best thing long-term for the program here. <laughs> But, uh, like, if, if, like, from their perspective, as the coaches who actually do want this team to win, um, like, I, 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 run the quarterback. Like, guys, what are we doing? Um, so Yeah, and, I mean, this know. game, like, there's a chance. The way things are going in the Big Ten, this could be the last game they play, potentially. I mean, I, I mean, probably not the last, but, like, uh, you know, getting to the Ohio State game, I don't know, man. I mean, Ohio State wants to get there because they want to play a national championship. I get that. But, like, things are coming off the rails here, so... Yeah, I'm totally with yeah. you, and I, I, yeah, I just don't, I don't know what we'll conclude if they're trying to just, you know, as Brian kept saying, have you know Milton turn around and hand off to Charbonnet, and he tries to go up the middle. Like, I, at that point, do we conclude they're shaving points or like, because it's just like it, you don't, you don't have to have to know anything about football. I mean, you have to know like what's going on in the field, I guess, but you don't have to have any like ability to even name like a coverage scheme to kind of see why that's not the thing to do right now, given both our offense and this defense. I, so I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I just like you, like I I'm looking at this and I'm saying like the game plan has to be like, you know, get, get our, get our like slots and our, like our, you know, fast guys into space on the edge here. Um, like avoid these defensive tackles, like run enough that, you know, you keep them honest. Um, but then, you know, other than that, like, just try to get behind this secondary. Like, you know, you still have a speed advantage here. But, like, that said, like, we've just seen, like, 
we've seen some genius game plans from from uh, Gaddis, and we've seen just some absolute nonsense that makes no sense. So I have absolutely no idea what Michigan's going to try to come out and do here. I was going to say, like, this is also a team to run screens against because, like, they, what they don't have is elite speed all over the place. They have guys who are disciplined. Um, but, like, yeah, it's it, it's all about the edge of they're getting there on the run or in the pass game. I think, like, that, that lateral horizontal movement needs to be the key for Michigan. Um, and then you hope that Milton can take the top off a few times. But, like... Ah, yeah, that, that's supposed like literally what we're asking for is speed and space. We just want speed and space. Yeah, right. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, and it, but it's, and it's just like every time it feels like we're about to get it, we just don't. And I don't, I don't know. We we sound again. We sound like a broken record. Um, but you know we're Michigan fans, and that's ultimately what Michigan <laughs> fans do. Um, and and I yeah, like I don't. I have no faith in. And this is this kind of comes back to to like why. I want this coaching staff gone. It's like, I have no faith week to week that we are going to see what worked last week or that we are going to see a game plan that makes sense or that they're going to like continue to go back to their best players. Um, So like, yeah, do I think that Michigan, you know, could potentially have some success against this defense? You know, if they, if they, um, if they take advantage of their uh, mismatches, like, yeah, I do. But, I have just absolutely no faith that they're actually going to do that. So what I think that this offense is going to look like against Wisconsin is, um, you know, a continual like a continuation of the theme uh, or a continuation of the trend against Michigan State and Indiana, which is just a ton of third and eights that they have to uh, have Milton bail them out of. Um, and Milton will probably bail them out a good amount because that's what he's been doing all season. Uh, and he looks, you know, it's it's a shame that. One of our big question marks, like, you know, we were actually, one of the things we actually write about is uh, Joe Milton being pretty damn good. Um, and it just, like, hasn't mattered. So, you know, uh, he's going to bail them out of a, of a couple of those third and longs, but probably less than he did against Indiana and Michigan State because Wisconsin has a better defense than Indiana and Michigan State. Um, so, you know. Yeah. I, I, can't, I can't disagree with you. I, yeah, I mean, I, I feel real bad for Joe Milton right now. That's all I'll say. Yep, I agree. Um, you know, from a COVID perspective here, um, I almost sort of, like, it just feels like Wisconsin has, like, an endless supply of the same guys on defense. Um, so I'm not even going to try to, like, I'm not even going to try to project uh, what, <laughs> what like, this, this uh, team starts to look like. Um, what I would say is, like, the biggest area, if you're Michigan, that you, you know, would want from a from a football perspective would want to see you know some people out is in the secondary um because you know you start to get down if you get into guys that haven't practiced the scheme as much um you start to get guys that are not only athletically limited but also are prone to make mistakes um and and michigan's gonna have to live and die by the big play in this game um, you know, if, if they try to be meticulous, they're, they're just not going to be able to drive down this field consistently on this defense. So, um, you know, if, if a couple of guys are out in the secondary, uh, I think Michigan can take advantage of it. Yeah, I mean, you listen to these guys, and like this is this is the thing about Wisconsin. They're about as good as you can be as a program without having elite team speed, which they've never had, because um, they coach well, they you know develop well, and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, you're you're pointing out like uh, 
you know, Caesar Williams and Fayon Hicks, uh, their two cornerbacks are both probably exploitable. Um, you know, one thing we've seen from Joe Milton is like Joe Milton can make difficult kind of intermediate throws, uh, that put the ball in place. Only his receiver can get it. And his receivers have been pretty good. I think with, you know, Bell, Cornelius Johnson, Roman Wilson, those are your three outside guys. Um, and I believe in them in this ma- these matchups, and I believe in Milton's ability to get them the ball. So it's like, yeah, Michigan should be able to move the, the, the ball against the secondary. I think you said, you know, Eric Burrell is their best secondary player. He is good. Um, probably not someone you want to mess with too much. Scott Nelson, we keep talking about him because it's like somehow kind of funny that he's this like, you know, white kid from Detroit who Michigan didn't recruit, but is actually kind of good. Um, <laughs> you know, that's somehow, I guess that's humorous, but like, yeah, he's, he's like solid, right? Um, but... Yeah, I mean, this should be an exploitable secondary. We keep saying every time we say that, it's like it should be, should be, shoulda, coulda, woulda. Um, but the, you know, the weaknesses of the team are obvious. They boil down to overall, like the weaknesses are not on the front, the especially the defensive line in terms of moving the, the ball on the ground. Uh, they are it's overall team speed. It's going to be out laterally, and yeah, the corners look exploitable. In fact, the corners here, this might be the worst group of corners that um, Michigan has faced actually. So. That's an important part of the game plan, you would think, in theory, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, like like you said, it's it's like should be, right? Um, yeah, these these corners on their own, I think both are, are not terribly impressive. Um, you know, but like that said, like they're going to be in the right spot and they're going to – like if this game becomes a, hey, can, how, how often can Joe Milton bail us out of third and long? Like, one of these corners or one of these safeties is going to be in the right zone to pick Joe Milton off for a devastating interception at some point. So, it, it, he, Joe Milton, this is a game where, like, you have to get Joe Milton some support. Um, and you have to, like, take a little bit of pressure off him to not be converting on every series. Um, yeah, so, and a lot of his support can come from him running on early downs. Like, he can support himself if you let him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's... You know, I, gosh, I, yeah, we, we, we can't say it anymore, so we won't. But it's it, there has to be – you have to take some of the easy stuff against this team. Um, they're going to give you some things. You know, they're not playing Don Brown uh, press man defense, you know, and, and relying on their athleticism. Like, they're going to give up some things, and you have to be able to take those things. And Michigan has not done that under Harbaugh. Um, or under Josh Gaddis consistently. So I have to say that um, I love the comedy of, like, we don't want our quarterback getting hit. When, like, against Indiana, he's, like, you know, every time he turns around, he has, like, a safety plan in his ribcage immediately. It's like, well, he's getting hit doing that. So, I mean, yeah, probably okay to have him, like, slide right in front of a linebacker occasionally, too. <laughs> like, just, it's just uh, yeah, so comical, it's, man. Like, Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I, I totally agree with you, though. Like, it feels like, you know, Michigan has just been, as a program, I feel like very reactive to things in that, like, I, I don't know, like, I just feel like they, they've like gotten hurt so many times against Ohio State, you know, with, with quarterbacks getting hurt that like that kind of, you know, they, 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 they there was the year in 2017 where it was like all slot fades, you know, and, and we, we made that huge adjustment to recruit a ton of like tall defensive backs that couldn't really run. And it's like, we're always just like a year late um, adjusting to things. Uh, and like, now it's like, oh, we don't want to get our quarterback hurt. And it's like, guys, like it's 20, it's 2020. Like you have to, like you have to use a quarterback in the run game. If you're going to, like, if you're going to play college football in 2020, 
you have to run a wide-open offense. And if you're going to run that wide-open offense and have an effective running game, you need to run the quarterback, like, to a certain extent. And, like, they just don't want to do that. Um, so, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, we can't say it any more than we already have. Yeah, no, I mean, we have said it enough. Um, I, you know, I, I mean, my hot take here is that Michigan's skill guys, including the quarterback, have all looked quite good, with the exception of the fact that their tight ends room has not caught a ball since Stan Chera was alive. But <laughs> other than that... Um, I mean, the tight ends, I don't know what's going on there. The one that Eubanks didn't catch, I guess, was technically a pass breakup. It looked like a bad drop by him, but it was. There was a hand in there. Eric All, man, I don't I don't know. Yeah, I mean, physically, physically, he looks great. Uh, you know, he's a good blocker. Uh, he should be an NFL tight end, but he's not going to make the NFL if he can't catch a ball. So I don't I, – that is a very weird situation to me. Um, I think he needs a sports therapist more than anything. But, but putting that aside, um, you know, receivers, running backs, quarterback – all these guys have shown out. Every single guy they put on the field has been good, uh, you know, multiple times this year, including a lot of the true freshmen. Um, and and that tells me that you know you can cook with your team speed against this team speed um, if you do if you actually fulfill the principles of the supposed Josh Gaddis offense. You know, my hot take is that I, I don't think Michigan, you know, with good game planning and play calling, would face an uphill battle you know that dramatically against this Wisconsin defense, despite them being good. But it all comes down to what you've been saying and we, what we've you know, run into the ground at this point, which is that we just can't, we can't count on our coaching staff tactically. But, like, you know, Michigan still has the skill guys to run with almost anybody. That's just true. So, I don't know. So, um, Wisconsin, uh, so this game opens as Michigan minus one, quickly uh, plummets to Wisconsin minus four and a half. Um, so, uh, Connor, what is your prediction for this game? Well, I mean, I, I want to say, like, first of all, like, this, is, this is Jim Harbaugh's big chance to get his first upset as a head coach. Um, Jesus. Well, that would be just – that would be so awesome if, he just, if this was enough to, like, get him one more year. And then we have to live through, like, next – a 6-6 six and six 2021 because uh, Harbaugh finally got his upset uh, at home against, a, you know, a COVID – like, a, like a, you know, smallpox blanket uh, Wisconsin team. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. But yes to all that. I mean, I – I don't know. I, my prediction is that I think people are overstating Michigan's inability to compete in this game because, like I said, there's all kinds of specific personnel reasons why if Michigan's team is put in a position to succeed tactically, they can get results against this team on paper. Um, that, you know, doesn't mean... It, it, like, in terms of, like, making a pick against the Vegas spread or whatever, I mean, on the Ace Pod, you said that there was good value in picking Michigan... Uh, as a dog at home in this game because partly because like Wisconsin Wisconsin could come out and look disastrous that is actually very very possible I'm not picking it to happen but like <laughs> if, if I were if I were a Wisconsin fan I'd be very nervous right now because you could be about to get your your uh, booty kicked by a Michigan team that you know is running off the rails and you were going to have a good start to the season and like I, I bet Wisconsin fans are nervous they should be um yeah my prediction is I, I have to pick Wisconsin to win because I'm not <laughs> Until further notice, I'm definitely not, you know, picking this Michigan team anymore. I've, I've been I've been hurt too many times. So, um, I think Wisconsin wins. Uh, I I I think it'll be a weird game. Um, you know, I think both quarterbacks have a chance to look intermittently brilliant and also horrible at different points. Maybe um, it could be that kind of game. Uh, you know, I, I think Michigan's going to be in it. 
uh, that could I could get burned for that prediction, but I, I predict kind of a dogfight, honestly. Yeah, I think a lot of it depends on who's out, obviously. Um, if Wisconsin has a couple offensive linemen out, this beco- quickly becomes like an absolute slog fest, like, you know, like 10 to 7 level game, I think. Um, you know, so with that said, like, uh, you know, last week on this podcast, I said, like, you know, hey, this this is the kind of game that Michigan sort of like tends to come back from under Harbaugh. You know, I was pretty fed up with this coaching staff even then. Um, but, you know, I did say, like, I mean, look, this is the kind of game that Michigan tends to come back from. You know, they lose an inexplicable game, and then they, you know, come back and, like, sort of silently build the rest of the season. Um, I think this team sort of feels like maybe the wheels are coming off a little bit, um, just with, like, how many, you know, like, Hutchinson going out and uh, and Mayfield going out. Like, it feels like maybe this team is just, like, not, the, the things are going south in a way they really haven't under Harbaugh. So um, I'm gonna pick Wisconsin in in a relative uh, in a relative blowout um, in kind of like a, a debacle type game um, that you know we saw last year. Um, I just feel like that's you know I'm, you're you're the vibes guy here, but I'm I'm going with the vibes. Like I feel like this team has bad vibes, um, and I don't know if Wisconsin is really any good. Uh, or I mean we know that they're like good because they're Wisconsin. So you know there, there's a certain level of confidence you have to uh, you know expect but i don't know if they're a great wisconsin team and i don't know if they're gonna be a healthy wisconsin team but i don't know if that's gonna matter i think there's gonna be enough here that they um you know they they blow that i would not say to blow the doors off but like win by 14 um so maybe not a debacle i'll take that back i say they win by wisconsin wins by 14 yeah i mean so if i were to give a score prediction i would say it's closer to wisconsin by a touchdown or so um but, you know, I think this will be a game after which next week, after this game, we'll start to get some info on how much the wheels are coming off the Harbaugh regime. Because if they win, even if it's an ugly game, that'll give Harbaugh a little bit of momentum, um, obviously, and, and the narratives might might start to flip a little bit. And it's also a huge recruiting weekend for Michigan. So, you know, uh, the recruits are kind of waiting and watching, and they're, a lot of them are coming to town, whether they're 2022 guys or 2021 guys that haven't committed or, you know, long-time commits. A lot of big names are going to be in town for that game. It sounds like so, you know, uh, if you, especially if you see guys decommitting like on mass, like you know, the wheels are all the way off uh, in Michigan. If Michigan loses and that happens, um, yeah, I don't know. I I, I kind of don't. My vibe for this is kind of not a debacle, just because like I feel like we're giving Wisconsin a little a little bit too much credit for a team that hasn't like you know practiced or like been functional for three weeks. But but you know. I, I still have to pick them to win just because, like, I'm not going to pick, you know, Michigan to win for the third week in a row and get get embarrassed. So, I I don't know, man. It's it's every game this year has been hard to predict. Uh, it's it's gonna we're gonna get a lot of information, I think, in the next two weeks about where this program's at. Yep. So let me uh let, before we you know go here, let me give you a scenario. So let's say um let's say that they win this week, you know kind of like an ugly game um is where wisconsin's not totally healthy but they win uh you know get it's a, it's a nice win for the program um they beat Rutgers. um they beat penn state who you know looks really really bad um you know like again like more kind of an ugly game at home but like they win uh you know beat maryland um which you know i think this is all pretty much on the table so they, they're going into the to the uh to the ohio state game at um I guess what five and two, um, or yeah, five and two. 
uh, and they get blown out against Ohio State. Um, does does that change your opinion uh, on Harbaugh? Like pretty much, I mean, I'm going to say that's pretty much the best case scenario of what you're looking at for the rest of this year. Um, does does that change your opinion on, on Harbaugh? I mean, my guess would be if Michigan reeled off four straight wins like that, uh, I would be in a different place emotionally. Um, I, I will admit my big weak spot on a coaching change is this. I I spent way too much time reading about recruiting this summer, and I love a lot of these recruits, and I would hate to see Michigan's recruiting class fall apart. I, I'm, I'm weak, Dan. I'm soft, man. I don't, I don't know what to say. Uh, that's, you're, being the, you're being the quintessential Michigan fan here yeah. caring more about recruiting than wins and losses. I, I, I know. I know that, but, like, and, you know, I mean, I, like, I actually want to do some I like these guys, that. too, a lot. I do like these guys, too. I mean, look, yeah, we, we had nothing to talk about all summer, and we were talking about this nonstop, and I do like a lot of these guys, but that doesn't change the fact that I like, you know, Matt Campbell a lot. Um, no, I, I so, get that. I mean, I think I think that you and I might be at a point if Michigan goes in that five and three scenario uh, that you described. Like, I think you and I might be disagreeing a little bit just because I don't know. I mean, it's gonna be, it's going to be tough for me at that at that point. You could create a narrative where you know the the wheels came off a little bit in like the weirdest season in college football history or in living memory at least, uh, and then yeah, uh, yeah, I know you're gonna you're gonna kill me, but like it's, it just, I know I, I I can totally see that narrative, and I can totally see us <laughs> talking ourselves into it. Um, and it wouldn't be totally unfair, but like, I just, I know that there's going to be some other narrative next year for why they like came out flat against Michigan state or whatever. Um, I agree with you to a certain extent. Um, that said, so let me give you another scenario. Let's say they do like, look like Wisconsin does just kick their ass. Like it, does that seal the deal for you? Yeah. I mean, I think so. And my, and truly at that point, my biggest question would be <laughs> what kind of triage, and I have no power over this, obviously, but it's like, what kind of triage do you do with like, what kind of members of the staff would I not want to lose? Um, like Ed yeah. Warner, for instance. And then, you know, what, what can bag men possibly do to keep recruits around? <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Which like, you know, I mean, I, I'd love to do some research about like how, how often coach, like how, how many recruits like typically leave during a coaching transition. I think it, it probably varies pretty widely depending on the program, but like, uh, you know that those 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 questions become like the most cogent and pressing ones for me. Um, if Michigan starts one and three and, and looks really embarrassing doing it, I do think that you know I, I still probably think it's time to move on from Harbaugh. Unbalance if they beat Wisconsin this weekend. Um, I will say that I, I know myself and I, I I try not to be prisoner at the moment. I try to project how I'm going to feel in the future a little bit. I know that if Michigan wins this game, even if it's a farce of a game, I'm going to be feeling happier about about all of this. So you know we'll see where we are after the game. Yeah, I think it comes, you know, I've been I've been joking about wanting them to tank. Um, and I think that ultimately I will start rooting for them as soon as the ball kicks off. I can't stop myself. Um, but I will say that, like, I, I wasn't nearly as depressed after the game on at, at Indiana. Like, I just sort of accepted that, you know, like, where the program is and, and what needs to happen. And I think that if they lose this game, um, even in an embarrassing fashion, like, I will just be in that same spot where I'm like, okay, cle- like, at least we have clarity now. Um and if they win, you know, I will, uh, I don't know, be happy, I guess. I have no idea how, how I'll feel if they win. If they, if they blow them out, I'll be happy. Um, but if they win some ugly game, I I don't know what I'm going to feel. Whatever. Dude, let me tell you something. It's a night game. If they win, it's going to be like midnight, and you're going to be drunk, and you're going to be very happy. I know you, Dan. I know you're going to be in the group chat if that that's, that's probably, I will, I'll probably be doing the math. I'm like, look, well, okay, if, look. I mean, <laughs> Indiana, like they, they. I guess, uh, no, you can't really even do the math because I don't think they could possibly win the win the East. 
I'm already doing will... math in my head now. Well, Indiana but could it... win the East. They just have to beat Ohio State. That's all they have to do. I no, mean, I know. I'm talking about like I'm talking about Michigan winning. The oh, East. Michigan. I, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, that I think should be. I don't think that but... they could do. Yeah. So I. Yeah. I. It, it, look, I think ultimately it won't. Move, it won't move the needle for me um, in terms of what I think needs to happen. But you know, that said, I'm not drunk yet, and this isn't Saturday night yet. So. Um, uh, I think I think that probably does it for this week. Um, Connor, thanks again for coming on. Uh, everybody, thanks for listening. Um, and uh, you know, uh, it's soup time, baby. It's yeah, it's probably soup time. But I'm still gonna root for Michigan pretty hard this weekend. <laughs> All right, thanks, Connor. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>